0: Always puts us in a good mood, that music, as does the prospect of speaking to Alicia Carnabas. How are you, Alicia? Hey, Alicia.
1: Happy Halloween, team. I'm good. <laughs> How are you?
0: Have you got the masks <laughs> on? Have you been out trick-and-treating?
1: Look, I have. I admit I've been on supervisory duties with the kids, so, you know, <laughs> lolly-infused.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Uh, now, no A-League uh, women's games to speak of this week, of course, because they're on a break because of the internationals. So we thought we'd ask your opinions Uh, We spoke to Clare Hunt, of course, about uh, the Matildas' performance, but uh, we're with you for the analysis, Alicia, so the pressure's on. Uh, Your thoughts on the Matildas' two performances against the uh, Iranians and the Philippines?
1: Look, I think the the changes, obviously, that Tony made um, sort of lent to a few cohesion issues against Iran. I mean, job done, which is the main thing. But mm. you could see it was a little bit of a grind in certain parts of, of the pitch, especially. And it, and it just comes down to players getting used to playing with one another, first and foremost. I believe that. Very strongly, so cohesion being a factor. But uh, look, I don't think the Iranians made it a fluid match, did they? Lots of um, lots of time on the ground, lots of lots of diving, which I think frustrated a lot of a lot of fans and a lot of viewers as well. So for the Matildas, uh, like I said, the job was was done in the end, but. A clunky match to begin. Um, it was nice to see players like Claire Wheeler on the pitch. Um, yeah. For me, that was a, a really nice change and a really nice start for those players. Amy Sayer as well, I thought was fantastic in that first match. Um, so very, very happy for for both of those players. The Philippines, though, I didn't see 8-0 coming, I'll admit. So um, it was full steam ahead. And I think in fairness to the team i mean a very strong team that that tony put together against the philippines but for me that was actually one of their most cohesive performances that i've seen against any side I thought they were sensational the passing game was spot on and uh, a couple of hat tricks for Mm. for Caitlin Ford and and obviously Sammy as well so I I think they can be very very happy with with both performances clunky at the start but when when they had their full strength team they were literally unstoppable
0: and Caitlin Ford you mentioned her hat trick there I mean she's in a real purple patch at the moment I'm not sure if she's made any comments on where she thinks she is but you know would you say she's in the best form of her career?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I I definitely think she is even leading into the world cup. I thought she was already hitting that peak and I think she's going another level at the moment. She's just been sublime, not only for the country, but for club, which is important. And it's exciting leading into an Olympics. I think on top of that Mm. as well with Caitlin, um, She's still very humble. I had a bit of time with her um, earlier in the year, just working on some media stuff. And she's she's very grounded, very good with the fans and, and very good, um, I think, for the Matildas brand. So I'm very happy to see her doing well.
0: Uh, now, the one cloud on the nights against the Philippines was the injury to Courtney Vine. Injuries, of course, happen in football. Uh, but the other big question, I guess, that's sort of starting to loom large is the future of the coach, Tony Gustafsson. He's been quite strongly linked to the... American women's team coaching job. And I just read a quote and he didn't exactly distance himself from that, from that speculation. Did he?
1: No, he did not. And I was asked about this earlier in the week, um, look, I thought he was very, almost made himself open to it, <laughs> yeah. in a sense. He spoke a lot about investment, and basically, if Australia is not prepared to invest, he's he's got to look elsewhere, was the message I got. Um, he was calling for investment very strongly. He had an expectation of investment, but similarly, um, wasn't talking much beyond the Olympic campaign, was he? It wasn't long-term. It wasn't about development or progression. It was very much about uh, what would keep him attracted to the job. So um, that's going to be a challenge to keep him, if that's the intent of the federation. I'm not sure if those discussions have already been had, um, but he was definitely not close to the idea of crossing over the Pacific,
0: mm. put it that way. Interesting. And um, Sam Kerr now has a football centre named after her. Talking of investment. Yes, yes. <laughs> we well, yes. <laughs> Western Australian government tipping in nine million dollars, so it is good to see some some money getting thrown into football. Uh, and Sam Kerr, she was the player everyone wanted to see, so her hat trick uh, went down very well over there. But she missed out on the Ballon d'Or to Marty. Bonmati. Um, I mean, Champions League winner, World Cup winner,
1: yeah, hard to yeah. go
0: past it. But so you think fair enough for, uh, for Sam getting second?
1: Yeah, look, I do. And I, I always say this with the Ballon I think if you're in that type of company and in those conversations, that's an achievement in, its, in itself. Right. If you're top three, um, I don't know too many Aussies, if any, that have done it multiple times like she has. And I think it's sensational um, for Australian football just to see one of our own. At that level, uh, time and time again, very, very difficult to beat Bon Mati. I thought she was sensational mm. through the World Cup. She was a real linchpin for Spain and she does it time and time again for Barcelona as well. So, um, look, full credit to Sam. For me, if I was in that conversation of top three, at the Ballon d'Or, um, not to mention the success that she continues to have. I think I, she's got a lot to be proud of still. Mm.
0: Bon Mati was the best player I saw at the Women's World Cup. She was just like an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player in the midfield. Brilliant. Uh, One game to go in these qualifiers, Alicia. Chinese Taipei tomorrow. There shouldn't really, I guess, be any problem for the Matildas. There's going to be some changes. Courtney Vine's injury. Ellie Carpenter and Emily van Egmond are both returned to their clubs. Uh, Who would you like to see perhaps get a bit more game time that perhaps hasn't so far?
1: Yeah, look, for me, it's about the midfield. I'd love to see more of the Chidiac wheeler combination. Yeah. I think that's really, really important for the future of the midfield, the engines. I think um, Emily van Egmond's been a part of the Matildas framework for such a long time. But, you know, players are getting older and we need to start to look to uh, possible changes as well where we can. And I think Chidiak and Wheeler are our future in the midfield. Uh, Courtney Nevin's another one. that I think seeing her uh, a bit more consistently in the back line as well, um, getting her confidence up, but also centrally. I'd like to see some changes centrally. So Claire Hunt, we've obviously seen over the last six months and she's been spectacular. But what does that partnership look like for her without a Polkinghorne or without a Kennedy mm. in the future? Um, so who does she like partner up with right? in that cent- central defensive role? I'm really keen to see some trials there. Um, just in case both of those players, Touchwood, aren't available for us at the, at the Olympics next year.
0: We believe that Wheeler is our future. There's a line in there, <laughs> isn't there, somewhere? <laughs> uh, just to finish off, Alicia, the, the never-ending question, 100,000 people attending three games in WA for the Matildas, which is brilliant. And then yep. you look back at the last Perth Glory A-League women's game and there are 1,450 people there. How on earth do we fix that? Look, you, you've I got think a minute. we're missing yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I'm I'm just it was the perfect opportunity to almost blood the Perth Glory women onto that scene, right? It could have been a halftime presentation. It could have been an introduction to the crowd of of that women's team in Perth. I think that was an opportunity missed, um, to be absolutely fair, and and, I hate to bang on about it. I've seen it time and time again in the NRL. They often bring their women's team on at halftime to introduce them to the crowd, get the crowd on side with, say, up here at Brisbane Broncos team or a, Mm -hmm. a Gold Coast Titans team. There's there's small things that I think we should be doing. Uh, Federation and APL convening and making sure they're bridging that gap. Uh, it's just exposure, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. brand is strong for the Matildas. Bring in bring in the A-League. Bring them in. Expose them to the crowd. They obviously love what they're seeing, and um, I'm sure that's one avenue that we can tap into that we're yet to see.
0: Smoke the peace pipe. FA and APL. <laughs> we'll see if it happens. Um <laughs> Uh, Thanks so much, Alicia. Brilliant stuff. Uh, We will speak to you again next week. There's a full program of A-League women's matches to get through next week, so I'll speak to you then. See you, Alicia.
1: It's all happening. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot.
0: That's uh, Alicia Carnavas. And by the way, good luck to Sydney FC's women's team. They go off to play in the Asian Women's Club Championship. Uh, Their first game is on the 6th of November against Bam Khartoum of iran they're also drawn in a group with fc nasaf and the hyundai hyundai uh, steel red angels from uh, south korea that's the last ever asian club women's championship before they start the asian women's champions league next year which i think is long overdue Uh, so good luck to the sky blues in their quest to bring that trophy home we're off to another quick break we've had so many texts tonight brilliant stuff again as ever and uh, we'll get through a few of them on the other side of this break